life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I should start by saying thank you guys. Thank you for your response to season one being on Amazon. We're about a week away from season two on Amazon. And honestly, your response has been kind of overwhelming. I, I really appreciate yeah, it. Lots of nice great. ratings and lots of nice comments. Some of you have written to us privately. We really appreciate that. It's cool to have it on there. It, and honestly, we don't know what it means. It's, it's kind of new ground for us. We're excited to be on there. We don't know what that viewership is. We don't know how recommendations work. It's all new territory. And that's exciting in its own way. Yeah, and a lot of you have asked about Canada and also Australia. Yes. We have not translated for Germany and Japan yet, but Canada and Australia are unfortunately not included at this point. Yeah, well, we don't we don't have the ability to upload and, and get that up. I, I don't know I don't know where the restrictions are on Prime. I'm actually really surprised it's not in Canada, to be honest. Yeah. But, we're we're continuing to investigate that, mm-hmm. guys, and appreciate your interest and for support. Sure, for sure. Uh yeah, like I said, right now it's UK and uh US. Mm-hmm. But we're working on and mulling over the Germany and Japan as well. Uh I'd like to see English versions available in Germany for a lot of people there. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah, but I mean, but it's but it's about the the paywall, or that's not the right way to put it. It's about the programming wall for Amazon. It is. It's, it's more them, on them than us. Them saying, okay, yeah. for the German content, we need these extra layers of things that are available, which is kind of interesting. But we'll see. Hey, we're navigating it as we can. Thank you guys for being with us on it and just being so supportive of that. It's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, guys, switching gears just a little bit to the podcast itself and also to thank you for rating and reviewing the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm coming to a place where we're in the midst of massive growth for the podcast and want that to continue. Mm -hmm. The podcast one platform is growing. There's a lot of new artists being added on there, and we're growing right along with everybody else on there. Mm -hmm. So please tell a friend. Share it with everybody you know. Share it with car people and even non-car people. People, you know, folks have written to us in the vein of... It's just relaxing and, you know, kind of nice to get away from it all. You know, everything else that it seems there's so many podcasts about, you know, either horror storytelling or politics or, you know, just some <laughs> things that I am not really interested in hearing about. You know, I get bombarded yeah. with that kind of stuff all the time. But there, but there is a big audience for all of that. We there just is. Don't do it here. Certainly there yeah. is. And uh, so, yeah, please share the podcast. Like I said, we are working on having guests on as mm-hmm. well as getting ourselves on some other really some non-car related podcasts and and we will definitely keep you informed as to when those recordings happen and where we'll be. You know that just that, that just this second gave me a thought. If if you as a listener have podcasts you listen to where you think we'd be good guests. Oh, that's a great we'd idea. We'd love to hear that. I, I mean, honestly, we listen to some. We know of some that we want to be on. I'm talking about kind of outside the car world now. And we'll be right. returning to places right. like Adam Carolla's and Spikes and Matt's and all of those kind of things. This is more lifestyle. and Who knows? You know, that, That's the thing. I would love to hear from the audience to know what podcast you listen to that you think we would be good guests on there. Because you're going to have much broader catalog of things that you're aware of than we can listen to. That's a great point. It would be fascinating to hear your thoughts. Yeah, please write to us. And also, I will say your car debate up front. So whether you're recommending podcasts for mm. us to go beyond or your car debate itself, that is yeah. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail, or you can find us on the mm-hmm. website, which brings me to the website about the adventure this year. Yes. The good. Pilgrimage 2018 trip has been announced. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, people signing up already. Yeah, it's and cool. And you are invited. We'd love to have you. Like I said, adventures tab at everydaydriver.com. And keep in mind the big change this year, besides the fact that it is a longer trip with visits to museums and more road tours, the biggest change that you should keep in mind is there is a end of registration this year. Years past, we've kept it open. So if you're not in by early June, then it isn't happening. So 
we'd love to have you guys in and, and with us uh, by early June. So uh, you can go this year. That's yeah, what we'd like. Absolutely questions, all that kind of stuff. If you've got them, there's a frequently asked questions list on there, mm-hmm. but also uh, the price, all the details, all kinds of stuff. And then of course you can write to us as well if you've got your own. So that takes care of business for now, but there's <laughs> uh, there's some other things that I want to touch on before we get to the, the great debates here that we've got. I'm talking about the recently announced subscriptions for both Mercedes and BMW and mm. continually intrigued by the amount of things that we subscribe to in our lives and BMW yeah. and Mercedes latching onto this. Now mm-hmm. they're they're rather high priced at this point. They're well, all of not these for car subscription services are proving to be very high price. Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. you're pay- paying that fee, and the benefit is the fact that you are so to some degree worry free car. I'm going to say ownership, but it's not really ownership. It's just kind of car loans. Everything's taken care of for you. It is. Okay. It is. Although the the background of it is they they want you to feel like you own it and go to great lengths to make sure that you do yeah. for as long as you have that car. And so it includes, of course, all the insurance and the fuel and the delivery and the white glove service and all that kind of stuff, which is yeah. you know, a lot of the reason for the high price, not just the car itself. For sure. No, you know, because I whole... look at that and I'm going, wow, for an M2, there's two grand a month. You know what, yeah. <laughs> you, know what yeah, you can yeah. get for two grand a month? Seriously. You can rock Seriously. some hot stuff. But on the other hand... It does work for some people and and busy yeah. people, busy executives, you know, high income folks, anybody that can justify that, as a matter of fact. For sure. And it jumps into that whole world that you and I have talked about a little bit on the podcast and off. And that is how many subscriptions are too many subscriptions in general? <laughs> you know, I mean, this is this is the thing yeah. that, I, that I that I feel like, look, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to go on a rant here about millennials. We are older than millennials. I'm not trying to go on a rant on that. But the millennial generation seems to be much more. I'll just have a subscription than generations prior. And sure. so companies are doing the same. But I do wonder, is there a tipping point at which it's just too much? And I'm, and I'm asking. I'm not I'm not saying I know because this has been the big discussion with, with cable television. The issue with mm-hmm. cable forever, and we say this as guys with a show on cable, the biggest problem with cable forever is the fact that you can't just get an a la carte system. I want the following 20 channels that I will actually watch, and the other 200, you know what? You can keep them. Mm-hmm. If you're a person like me that doesn't really watch sports, you don't need ESPN, which is one of the most expensive cable channels, and your cable bundle costs a lot generally because of ESPN, but you can't carve that out generally. That's been the right. case. Now, some of the cable companies are starting to get smart on that. You have things like YouTube TV and other places where you can do more a la carte. But that's the thing. If every station that you, that you like has a subscription fee, how long does it take until your cable bill you were trying to get out from under because it was too expensive <laughs> is being made up from 20 different subscriptions? Well, yeah. It's a big question. It's a Hulu, plus you're paying your annual Amazon fee, your Netflix, yeah. your YouTube Red and then any apps that you want to watch require mm-hmm. a cable subscription, by the way. You can't just log in and watch free TV from an app. True. You have to have, True. you know, what's your cable provider? Log mm-hmm. in, and then you can watch it on the app. But think about this. You've just th- t- called out the big ones, okay? Yeah. But then keep in mind that CBS All Access, if you want CBS TV shows, my, wa- my wife watches a couple. You have to get their app. Right. They aren't on Hulu. They aren't right. on anywhere else. They're on the CBS app only. And Disney, and Disney is with. building their own. Yeah. So all of the stuff that is Disney that's currently on Netflix, hang on because when every one of those – because Netflix uh, licenses things for time periods and stuff's always – you may not know this, but stuff's always joining Netflix and dropping off of Netflix. As Disney content starts dropping in the next four or five years, it will no longer be on Netflix because it's going to the Disney competitor to Netflix. So that will be a new subscription. 
Right. Although I look at it as less generational based and more about, you know, software as an example. It's based on consumption and demand. And, you know, you can just, instead of buying an expensive annual piece of software, now you can just turn it on for five months as you add three people to your team or theoretically, whatever that is. And and I like that. mm -hmm. And I think business owners like that a lot. That's a good point. But I think the question is, like I said, less generational, but more about will subscription work for that thing? Does mm-hmm. it work for cars and there's yeah. net jets, you know, the subscribe yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, private air travel, you know, subscribing to channels and that kind of thing, subscribing to software, all those things kind of work, but what would it not work for? Yeah. And maybe well, that's where the cutoff is. And it's the cash cow too. All of these companies, when they've gone to subscription model in general software leading the way, and you know much more about this than I do, but when they've gone to subscription model, almost in every case, their stock has gone up because the company's now making more because they can count on this amount of millions per month because of the subscription. Yes. And it's a lot less fraud, to be honest, because you don't get it if you don't pay your bills. You can't log in. Yeah, fair. fair and fair. you know, it, it, you, you're forced with all the updates, so you get them whether you want them or not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies, GM is a great example, they roll out last year's software. They don't deploy the latest generational mm-hmm. software because they don't know if it's going to conflict with other platforms and ERP yeah. platforms that yeah, they yeah, use. Yeah. They don't know what's going to happen, so they mm-hmm. wait and de- deliberately back off, mm-hmm. and everybody else is going, well, the users want the latest, greatest stuff. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's a struggle. There's a production company I work at. I didn't think we were going to go on this for this long, but there's a company I work for in Salt Lake that it's a a production company that deals in local TV commercials and editing and that kind of thing. Right, right. And they consistently, every time I've worked for them, they stay a full generation behind on all software for exactly this reason. Yeah. Whatever the software is, they stay one gen behind. And they'll have like the lead computer that always gets updated about two or three months before everything else in the building, and that still stays behind. But they have one computer that they kind of four-wall, and they update that and go, what did we break? What's right. wrong? This is our then they bring everything kind of else forward yeah. just because of staying behind those problems, if you will. It's really interesting. So we'll see. Anyway. I, I'm fascinated by it and uh, fascinated how that will grow more or maybe won't. I'm, I'm really curious yeah. just to see the, the consumer adoption of this. And, and what's, the, what's the thinking on ownership? You know, why is, you know, mm-hmm. is ownership still a thing or not? And where, where does, because I think there are places in our life where ownership will fall away, but I think there are other places where we want a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, guys, thank you again for all your amazing questions. We will get to that after the couple of debates yeah, yeah. that we've got here. We've got Scott and Marley out in Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona area. And uh, this is Scott is a longtime podcast listener. Thank you so much. And now Marley's listening too. hello to you both. Mm -hmm. And this debate is for Marley, his wife who hates sedans. The story is rather interesting. She's going to become a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. So a few things in their lives, their early 50s, no kids. Scott's got the big $2,500 Ram diesel for hauling and towing. And many, many other cars. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. He's had M3s, SLK AMG 55s, even the first year, the NA MX-5 Miata back in 1990. Yeah, he also plans on getting an MX-5 RF. He wants to get a new RF, yeah, just to to head back to that, which is great. It's such a fun car, yeah. But as I said, this is for Marley. This is about his wife, who has had two Mercedes SLKs. She loves convertibles. Mm -hmm. And again, they're in the Phoenix area, so think warm weather year-round. a ton of it, yeah, for sure. And uh, they've been out of state, but they're moving back, and 
right now she's got a 2012 Audi TT. She's been driving that for the past three years. But with this career change into residential real estate sales, mm -hmm. she is dreading having to get this four-door car for the occasions that she'll need to cart clients she's around. She's going to pick clients around. Which you probably have will be more than than you think, for sure. to be honest. For sure, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be happening. Scott, I love that you write. She's attitudinally young. Yeah, I've, that, I've that, never really seen that. That was a great word. I really like that, yeah. <laughs> she's never been into sedans. As uh, you know, by virtue of the Audi TTs and plethora of SLKs mm -hmm. in, our, in your lives, but she's got the need now. Mm -hmm. So we are on the search for something that feels like those cars, yeah. but are going to impress clients and you know fulfill that driving need that she loves. You can take four people. You've got four doors, four real seats, and yet it somehow still kind of feels like a small, agile coupe. It's kind of a tough call. Yeah. I have two recommendations, but it's still kind of a tough call. I've got many, and I'm going to justify my reasons. I've gotten okay, more. Good, good. But both of them said, you know, nothing against kids. They're not parents. Uh, she's not a mom. Doesn't want to look like one when driving around in anything. So no SUVs. Those are out. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how well they drive. Yeah. <clears throat> Cayennes, Macans. Fair. Yeah, they're out. Yeah. They're out, and they're thinking about leasing. I've broken all of those rules, well, except the SUV. <laughs> Thanks for writing. We're ignoring everything you wrote, and we're going along this line. No, I'm really us. trying. It's, Stay it's with food us. for thought. It's to stretch your imagination, and okay. then you can go back to the whatever it is you want. Okay. okay? So the TT's going away, 50,000 miles on it. They're claiming 12 to 14K. That's all it's worth, I, I suppose. But they're looking at a 400 to $600 monthly lease payment. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where they're going. Which is a good amount. You can get a lot of good stuff for that. So I'm curious to know uh, what you thought here. Did you break any rules, by the way? I think I did okay. I, you're going to have to shop in your area to see if what I'm recommending you can get for your budget, but I'm pretty sure you can. Okay. I was, I was chasing, okay, what are the sedans that are not common, that are agile, like a smaller car, yeah. and have style? These were, this is what I was looking for. It's got to be four doors, but I was chasing those yeah. two realities. And yeah. I came up with two I really, really like for you, Marley. Okay. Because I don't think you're going to see them all the time. You might see things close to them, but I don't think you're going to see these exact cars all the time. And I think it will be – I think it does all of that. They're not convertibles. I just went for straight-up sedans. One that I've never recommended before. We drove it recently, and, it, and I read this and went, oh, my gosh, it's the perfect buyer. The BMW 4 Series Grand Coupe. Love it. Not the 3 Series, not the 5 Series. Those are full-on sedans. I love that you're identifying a car and a buyer for BMW's niche yes. vehicles. Yes. Love so it. this is BMW. We keep talking about how BMW's kind of lost their mind on the number of variations of their cars. But, you know, you, you take They're the in sedan. Outer space, yes. you, you, you take. Let's just follow the 3 Series line for a second. You take the, the 3 Series. The, the M3 has always been, it's offered in sedan and coupe. Well, now BMW goes, well, no, no, hang on. The coupe one's going to be a four because our even numbers, two, four, six, are going to be coupes only. And our odd numbers, one, three, five, seven, are going to be sedans. Wait, just kidding. Wait, just kidding. Wait, just kidding. <laughs> okay. Because the four and the six started with the six, we're going to create four doors out of the coupe shape. And we're going to call it the Grand Coupe. And at this point, I'm scratching my head. But, Do these discussions take place in the beer gardens in Munich? Do you think? And they're... You know, stroking their chins and musing about, hmm. I think they, I think they keep hiring a new guy who wants to make his Martin goes. You know what we could do? That's what I think is Quite happening. Quite possibly. But yeah. anyway, so so here's the thing: this Grand Coupe, it drives like a smaller car than it is. Yeah. I think you just get the the three the four thirty. I think you just get the four cylinder because it makes it lighter 
and it makes it less expensive. Okay. So I think that'll that'll give it a little bit more agile feel. But four usable seats. You even have a hatchback. If you're going to be a realtor who carries those signs that go in yards, you're going to be thrilled you have a hatchback. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Which probably will happen. Hatchback over trunk, you're going to love that. So anyway, but it does have a hatchback. It's a hidden hatch. It doesn't look like a hatch. It's got the sleek coupe shape. Yeah. yeah. I think it does everything across the board. Then I did go for one more traditional sedan, but it's not common. Okay. How much Alfa Romeo Giulio can you get for this money? I was wondering if you'd suggest this car. As far as coupe small car handling out of a large genuine sedan that's high on the top of the list in any we've driven it in base form we've driven it in the full on everything you want 500 plus horsepower quadrifolio we've driven all of the above and it is a wonderful handling car that handles like a little car and isn't a little car which i think is actually what you want marley so how much julia can you get for your lease payment and i also think because that is the oddball sedan you could sit at a light and go, I see BMWs, I see Mercedes. Do you see an Alpha anywhere in like 12 blocks from you? Probably not. Probably not. And great for leasing, too. Yeah, why not? We've, we've mused about this, you know, should you buy, because should it's, you lease? Because it's the Alpha Romeo reliability unknown. You've got it leased. It's not an issue. Right, right. I'm going to just stay with those two cars. Marley, I think one of those two cars is your car. Huh. I like it. All right, all right. Well, I've got a lot. And I, I like that you suggested a German car in there because... Scott does write that she likes German cars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know the ownership shows that. However, you didn't write to us to not have your mind stretched and your budget. <laughs> so. Brace yourself. This is now Paul's turn, so just <laughs> just sit down for a minute, grab whatever it is you drink, and and hang on. I'm I'm breaking some rules, and I realize that. <laughs> I really like your suggestions. However, I'm thinking about perception. Okay, and. When you're getting into the real estate market, and I don't know what level of homes you're going to be listing, okay, I mean, probably sure, from sure, sure. you know low to high, we'll say we'll mm-hmm. we'll say everything in there. You know, realtors want listings, so you're probably open to all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Phoenix and Scottsdale area, I mean, Scottsdale's a pretty nice area, so you're probably going to sure, have yeah. some, some yeah, yeah. good clients. But there is the perception reality that my dad ran into when he was an aviation insurance guy. Oh, yeah, you've told me He drove up in a nice car. They'd be like, ah, we're paying our insurance guy too much money. Yeah. Look at your fancy car. But if he flies in on a $100,000 airplane, you're one of the guys. Well, but even staying in cars for a second, if your dad had driven up in some really nice German sedan that cost him 50 grand, they're paying their insurance guy too much. But if he pulled up in a dually pickup that cost him 50 grand, they wouldn't think that. They wouldn't. Absolutely. Or more. If yeah. it were a seventy thousand dollar pickup, yeah, yeah. You're fine and mud splattered pickup. Yeah. Doesn't it's, matter. It's so bizarre how that happens, for sure. Yeah. So my dad bought a Volvo to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm suggesting a Volvo, the new okay. one. All right. The S ninety. Right. Oh, that's a pretty car. Now it's a big car, but it's a pretty it, pretty car. It is car. big. It's gorgeous. It drives well. Mm-hmm. The interior, the IP is gorgeous. The the interaction, the materials. Mm-hmm. I challenge you, Scott and Marley, to drive that S ninety. They should at least get in it. They should at least drive. At least it. just I sit in it. You're yeah, gonna yeah, want to yeah. drive it, but just yeah, at yeah. least sit in it. Like I said, it's a larger car, but man, you can lease them. Mm-hmm. They're they're the different trim levels. You can go from about four fifty all the way to about six fifty, six sixty, somewhere in there. Yeah, okay. And it fits the budget. It's gorgeous. It's different. Mm-hmm. Your clients are going to sit down and go, "Wow, I I didn't realize Volvo, huh?" And mm-hmm. then you're off and talking about whatever. Staying with big cars, okay. I also suggested the fully loaded Kia Stinger GT. Yeah, also a big car, but very nice. Again, car. perception. 
because yeah. people are going to go, this is a Kia. What, what on earth? This is great. It's fast. It's comfortable. It's well built, mm -hmm. stylish all day long. And that you could work that to your advantage as yeah. far as, yeah, yeah. well, yes, you know, and have that conversation as a realtor. Look what I can do for you. You know, apply the same, the, the unexpected, look at, look at, look what I can do beyond what you expect. That's an interesting point. Okay. I see your point. Very much so because people are going to judge you, unfortunately about, you know, how successful you are as a realtor based on what you drive. I hate to say it. Mm -hmm. They're, well, they're just going to look at you like that. Look, it's, it's, it's the Lotus factor. I, I know this is weird. I'm not suggesting a Lotus at all, but the Lotus factor, <laughs> meaning that. No, duck your head, sir. I no, can, no yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Con, Can't con take your bills. wife. We're just taking you. Anyway, uh, maybe. Uh, but, but no, but it's the fact that when I go to a car show now, the Lotus can sit there among cars that cost up to 10 times more than the Lotus. And people think, yeah, that car belongs to park there. And I'm sitting here going, most, most people, many car people don't realize how cheap a Lotus Elise is. It's, yeah, yeah. You look at a car and you judge the car and the person based on what you think it cost. And the Kia, you don't think cost much and you don't think is very nice. Surprise. Yeah. I have a couple more and a super duper, extra duper wild card. Oh, I look, like it. I thought about this new Genesis G70. Yeah. Keeping with the Korean yeah. cars. Sure, sure, This sure. has been announced at the New York Auto Show. Rich B., this is for you. He I asked, like why have I not commented on the Genesis Coupe that rolled out in New York City? It does look great, and it's smaller. It's about the 3 Series size. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. You need to take a serious look at this car. I agree with that. Genesis G70, 3 Series size. If you want an Audi, I really dig that S5 Sportback. And it's a bit more expensive. It's in the same category as the as the Grand Coupe. If Very much same, so. It's their competitor. That's a good one. That's Very a good much one. so. I, I like that car, but here's my wild card for you. Okay. And again, I'm I'm breaking all the rules with this. <laughs> That's why it's a wild card. You I'll can't give it lease to you. it either. Because it's a wild card, I'll give it to you. You're going to have to go buy this car, but okay. I did find it. It is a 2011 Aston Martin Rapide. No. For $79,000. No. With... It, it's only got 13,000 miles, $79,000. I bet you they'd take seventy-five. I am, I am actually beyond words. It's not a salvage title. It's clean. It is in frost white with Sahara tan leather. The MSRP, brand new. This was yes. a $210,000 car when it was brand new. It's for sale. Six liter V12 with 470 horsepower. What other realtor do you know that is rocking a Rapide? What other person do you know rocking a Rapide? I I am I am beyond <laughs> floored you found that car at that price. I Marley, the sound alone will close the deal. <laughs> well, to sell, I don't to sell my, your clients a car. Well, yeah. I don't want to put my personal guarantee stamp of approval on that, but just the sound because they're going to get in the car and think now perception is out the window at this point. They're, they're going to think you're a highly successful realtor. But on the other hand, if you're just starting and they think you're successful, great. Let them think that. But they're going to get in and think, I've. this is what they're going to say. I've never been in an Aston Martin before. You're right. Wow. You're right. This is gorgeous. Yeah. Amazing. Let's go driving. Take me to some cool houses because I want to ride with you in your cool car. I am still shell-shocked that you found one for that price. If you want the link, I can send it to you. 2011, repeat, $79,000. It's on one of my secret websites. Six-liter V12. And by the way, your secret websites are never cheap websites. They're never... No. People give you the bottom the bottom of the barrel beat-up one. They're always nice oh, cars. Nice. This is 13,000 miles. It looks brand I new. Am, I am set. I almost need to stop the podcast and recover. Repeat. I cannot believe you found that car. I mean... Plenty of room for the signs in the back. Plenty of room for clients, four doors. Nobody's going to drive up in a repeat and 
show your house. It's uh, that that honestly is one of my favorite wild cards from you ever. That really? is so Thank left you. field. Thank the you. money it's... on that am- amazes me. Like I said, it breaks the rules. It does. It's expensive. It does. You can't lease it. It's it's might be out of the budget. Yeah. But that's why you're we maintaining it. an Aston Martin V12. But you also have an Aston Martin V12 but in yeah, your life, exactly. Which is really one of those, you know, chicken or egg moments. It's like hmm. you're going to weep at startup every single morning. You're going to find excuses. Are, are we out of milk again? You're going to dump and, it out and the window. And honestly, there's not a ton of rear passenger space. But you don't take clients all the time. Is the solve right. to that? Right. Yeah, I'm thinking repeat. Wow. Okay. I I was not anywhere near the planet you're on, but that planet sounds like fun. It's it's a different planet. Okay. It's um good to know. Slightly barely used Aston Martin repeat planet. Wow. I okay. Anyway, well, guys, thank you for writing and uh, Scott and Marley. Let us know what happens. I uh, hope you get a laugh out of this, and I hope you go drive something. That's a bigger thing. Yes. Because yeah, there are cars out there that are going to give you that feeling that you love, that you can impress people mm-hmm. with, and it's mm-hmm. not the standard Mercedes and you know all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah, yeah. you'll probably see all over Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. But there's some cool stuff that'll make people stop in their tracks and think you are a discerning driver. Whether it's the G70 all the way up to the Alpha, you're you're a discerning person of yeah. taste. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for Let's sure. Let's talk. And and just those finding those sedans that really handle in the way you don't expect sedans to. Yeah. That's a find. Even if nobody appreciates it but you, Marley, that's still a find. Agreed. Well, we will take a quick break and come right back after this. We talk about car cleaning sometimes on this show. We talk about certified Paul-owned. This is something I'm not good at. I can't ever get a car as clean as Paul can. And one of the places I struggle is the wheels. I never feel like I've got the right brush. I can't get it to work. Brush Hero is our new sponsor of the podcast. We're glad to have them. And they have this really cool, impressive cleaning machine. It is water-powered. There's no electricity. There's no batteries. It just works off the power of the water coming through your hose. Now, the starter set comes with two brush heads. One is a soft one for sensitive surfaces, paint, and chrome. But there's this other one, which is a tough one for serious muck like your wheels. It was originally designed for fast, easy, expert-level car and motorcycle detailing, but it's not just cars. If you've got a boat, barbecue, yard tools, patio furniture, the list goes on. Brush Hero, again, no batteries, no electricity. It makes life easier. No backache, no more scraped-up knuckles. I don't have to figure out the towel that works for wheels or do I need, I don't know, a scouring pad. Forget it. It's just about Brush Hero. Fight the war on muck with this ultimate cleaning and detailing tool called Brush Hero. It's a great gift for Father's Day. There's gift sets for every budget, and you can check out their extensive line of accessories, including extension wands to add more reach. It's a must-have for every car lover, motorcyclist, or all-around clean freak. You can find Brush Hero at BrushHero.com, Amazon, or select Costco stores. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. It's kind of weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid. You know, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal before you buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, Check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Some features are not available in all states. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I realize we took a break, but I am still recovering from your <laughs> Aston Martin repeat fine. I, I didn't know that V12s had dropped to this place in the Aston Martin world. I need to move on. We have a completely different car debate now from Adam writing in. And uh, he is actually wanting to get out of his uh, 2015 WRX, and he wants to shop into something kind of new and different and fun than that experience. He wants a new experience. He's got somewhere between 25, $20,000 to $25,000 to work with. Yeah, yeah. His wife also has a Subaru. He's had a WRX and a Crosstrek. His wife has a Forester. So let's move away. Just We're going to back away slowly and thankfully from Subaru. We liked them. They were good. That's kind of what I was thinking. Let's this. move on. So we've got to find something for Adam. I was thinking, you know, we usually get the twenty-five grand. I need a four-door sedan. <laughs> Go get a Subaru WRX. But you already have the Forester. Mm -hmm. You've done the Subaru thing. And uh, like you said, it's got to be automatic because your wife will be an occasional driver, which mm -hmm. is fine. And it has to have four doors. <clears throat> yeah, four doors is crucial because your family is expanding. Congratulations on your child. That is fantastic. And uh, yeah, you've got some needs there. Mm -hmm. But get this. He's got a company car that he recently received that serves as the daily driver to and from work, yep. but he will still need something on the weekends and in, in the evening. Mm -hmm. That sentence is a reason to break the rules right there. Because I, I kind of agree with that. If you've got the sedan, I mean, will they even let you take it on weekends or are they just clocking miles and you can, you know, strict yeah. rules with the company yeah. car? Maybe that's the case. Mm -hmm. But even still, you've still got the... the uh, Forester over here. So true, true, true. Why not a two-door something fun and... Crazy and kind of hot. I, I tried really hard to obey the rules here as well, but I had the exact same line of thinking, which is... It's code have, for guys. You can break the rules. Well, but seriously, because you have other, other ways to solve the we need four doors right now problem. So yeah. I really ask myself... Now, granted, granted, I will admit my own bias. I am a man who lives in a household of three cars. <laughs> two of them are two-door, two-seat cars. Yeah, yeah. So my wife and son and I, if we go anywhere, all three of us, we can only take the Cayenne. This is true. Uh, so I, I understand that there is some hassle related to couldn't we take a different car? No, nope, it's all three of us. I get it. Yeah. But do you need four doors for this other car? I, I obeyed the rule, but at the same time, I did ask the question. I thought of that too, and I, I guess I stuck more closely to the rules here. But I want something creative and different for you, Adam. Now, we don't know where on the planet you live. Uh, I'm guessing you're in the U.S., and we don't know your weather conditions there. True. So we'll we'll go with that, which is fine. But like I said, you did give us the budget, 20 to 25 grand. You've been talking about this Cadillac ATS. You've been mm -hmm. talking GTIs, Infiniti Q50s, ATSs, because of the reliability. And you're talking this GTI and anything German might turn into a money pit, and you're kind of afraid of that. And we're here to assuage your fears and hold your hand and say... It's going to be okay. <laughs> Find yourself a good independent mechanic. Exactly. Exactly. And keep up on the maintenance. Yeah. Now, I found you multiple E90 M3s for about 25, 26 grand. Ooh, ooh the four-door last-gen M3 with the V8 is yeah. killer. 
lush. Yeah. This thing, the problem, if it's a problem, is the ones that I found were about 65, 71,000 miles on them. You're back to independent mechanic. What does it need? Yeah. yeah. And I get it that you're fearful, and those cars mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. need a lot of love and attention and while it's opened and contents dumped out onto the car. I get that. <laughs> but you could buy any Audi A4 for that price. Any one of them. True, true, true. I would not hesitate two liter turbocharged engine in that. Mm-hmm. Could do that. Then I thought of that Lexus IS350 that we like. That is a good one. Yeah. 2014 Lexus IS350 could be yeah. had for that price. But then I thought, how about something just different? If the, if truly the reliability is such a concern, mm-hmm. I stayed at the Hyundai Elantra GT Sport. Ooh, their new little hatch. Their yeah. new hatch. They can be fully super duper loaded for 25 yeah yeah so that's on the reliability i don't have to worry about it sure it's fun to sure. drive and then on the other end of that spectrum is tons of e90 m3s <laughs> the four-door m3 more Welcome. fun where on the madness scale would you like to be exactly and and anything in between of course but i i wanted something like i said different compelling and i loved that gt sport that I know you, did. GT you sport. were a big fan yeah. surprising it can be had with an automatic transmission no yeah. problem of course, so can the E90 M3. Yes, this is true. They can do that yep. same thing. So, again, drive both. It's mm-hmm. a question mm-hmm. of where are you. I'm guessing you're more towards the Hyundai side of the scale. But if you want to, you know, go yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something different. But if you want to go nuts, yeah, those M3s are, are available. That's cool. It's a good one. It's a good one. I, I read a couple things into this. First off, he says he it has to be an automatic. I read into there he wishes it wasn't. So oh, I, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I tried to go, okay, cars hopefully have decent automatics. There's a lot of reading between the lines. There's a lot email. of reading, which is great. It's all good. I, I'm intrigued by the fact that the Q50 and the ATS have caught your eye. That says to me, yeah. you like thinking a little bit outside the box. Right. It's not just... You know, I mean, I love that E90 BMW M3 because I think that's a sleeper car that most people don't see. I mean, 71,000 miles, would I buy that? Yeah, but I'd, I'd be... A, going into it eyes wide open with yeah yeah yeah. so i thought look if you like that ats i want to back your play that is that is a much better chassis than most of its competition it handles really really well Hmm. it has love it or hate it styling it sounds like you kind of love it i right there with her with you actually i'm not a huge fan of the interior but i think the styling is really cool i am going to say if you want to possibly break your own rules have you looked at the coupe ATS. Oh. It's a good-looking car. It's a great-looking car. It's a good-looking car. car. Yeah. It's a good-looking variation. I realize you may do four doors, four seats, so okay, get an ATS. I would recommend to you the 3.6 the instead of the 2-liter turbo. I think it's the better engine for that car. Do you? More suited? I, I think so. I think it is the better the character engine. The I think the 2-liter turbo, is. I think it's a very average engine. And I Fair. think with that car, you'll be better off in, okay. in the, in the 3.6. So there's that. I'm going to back your play on the ATS all day long. I think, I think if you like it, go get it. You're right. They're cheap. There's lots of them available. The Q50 is another didn't see that coming choice. But that made me think about what else do I think is in that category. You mentioned GTI, but you're not sure about the GTI. You've had a WRX. Mm-hmm. I want to get you a little further away from WRX, but that I landed on. You know what you can get used now? A3s and S3s. I bet you could find sure. an S3 for your budget. It's the GTI with a little bit more of an upscale sedan, hot sedan, you know, small sedan feel. I mean, there's, yeah, more sophistication in that Exactly. Car, Good automatic. Sure. I actually think this has been my struggle with the S3. 
is I feel like the S3 or even the A3, but the S3 and the Golf R, the price disparity there, I feel like get the Golf R. But what's fascinating is the equation, the equation flops when they get used because those S3s don't hang on to their money and they get down into, into Golf R prices. And at that point, I'm like, I like the look of that little sedan. Yeah. Oh, they're great looking. You know, so what can you get one of those for? Huh. I mean, you may wind up in the A3, not the S3, but I, I say shop for the S3 because I think they've been out there long enough now. You can find them for your budget. like that A3. Those are still great. They're cool. So you stay all-wheel drive. You get a different flavor. Yeah. You're, you're near the GTI, but not at the GTI. And then I have to go wild card here. Okay. You have your normal, rational cars. You have your Forester. <laughs> okay. You, have, you haven't even told us what it is. You have your company car. I'm getting worried. Yeah, okay. you didn't mention what the company car is. We're dying to know over here. So this is your fun car only, but you've kept me restricted to four doors, four seats. Right. And automatic. I'm going to go there. <laughs> Evo 10 MR. Really? You got your four doors, four seats. You do. You've got your automatic. Yeah. But you've also stretched into that world. You have crammed into that world a truly hair-on-fire fun car. You liked your WRX. Let me put your WRX and just light it on fire. Now we're getting closer to what the Evo feels like. Yeah, Red Bull so with can, vodka is kind of a normal wake-up drink compared to this car. Totally. So so, so that, I like that. This I'm an Evo owner. I have Red Bull and vodka, and then I go get in my car. That, that's not bad. I'm you, bored you, with you my drink, Red Bull. You drink your coffee, and I'm going to do this. Exactly. Anyway, but, but here's the thing. I'm thinking, how do I get you into a sports car, Adam, while still meeting all your requirements? Something that feels like a honest-to-goodness, I-can't-believe-that-just-happened sports car. And that's hard with your requirements. But then I land on the Evo MR and I just go, it's a bit nuts, but you've got the normal. You've got the Forester and the, and the, and the commute car. So go a bit nuts and stay four doors. That's why it's my wild card. I'm putting it there. That's wild. That's, that's suitably wild, though. I, I like it. I think it still meets the parameters. It does. <laughs> Get home. Honey, do we, do we need anything? Are, diapers? What do we need? Are you out of anything? Do you, where can I go? What, what errand can I run for you? Well, and, and maybe, maybe your little one will be one of those kids who doesn't fall asleep unless they get driven around the block. Oh. Or maybe you'll have one of those little ones who only laughs when they get hooned, which is also a <laughs> Either way, it's a score. You either finally got them to go to sleep because you're sideways around a corner in the snow, which would be fun, or they're laughing now instead of crying because you're doing exactly that. That's pretty cool. I like that. All right. Well, you've heard me at the beginning of the podcast say where to write with your own debate, mm -hmm. and uh, we will leave it at that. Guys, thank you both for writing in. Thanks to all of you for always writing in. And like I said, please write to us. We'd love to hear your stories and, uh, yeah, the, the stuff going on in your lives and the stories around your car searches mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, love to create debates out of them. So please do for write sure. to us. For sure. Even if we can't get to them, we do read them all, and uh, yeah. maybe at uh, a later date we can always get to them as well. We've got social media questions, which are many, but mm -hmm. there is one that stuck out I think you should start with. Oh. I haven't even talked to you about this before we began the oh, podcast. What, what? What on earth? Simon B. called you out. He said that oh. he rated us on IMDb, <laughs> but he asked, what is Todd's real name? Because you are listed as D. Todd Deacon. Yes. Yes, I am. Are um, you willing to share? Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. So here's the thing. When I was, uh, when I was focused on just being a filmmaker... I wanted to have my full name in the credits. Mm -hmm. uh, I've kind of let that go, by the way, but I wanted to have my full name <laughs> in the credits. But it, it connected me back to me versus my father. I love my father. He's a great guy. 
we are very, very different people. Yes, you are. We're extremely different people. Yes, you are. But what's interesting is when, when I was born, my parents were, of course, doing that thing, trying to figure out the name. My dad's first name is David. He's David Gordon. Okay. Yes. yes. Now, my, my mom hated the name Gordon, but actually loved the name David. But she didn't want a junior. She didn't want to have the exact same name. She grew up in a house where her brother and her dad had the same name, and there was confusion and confusion in mail and all kinds of stuff. Right, right. So their, their compromise was David for my first name. My middle name is Todd, and I was only ever referred to in the house as Todd. I mean, that's... So it instantly I, I, separated the two of us as far as, you know, mail and correspondence and all that kind of stuff. It was simple. There was no question about who was being talked to. All of that was possible. So I get, I get to be a man and I get to be, start to have my name in credits. And I thought, I want my full name on there, but I'm not David. My dad is David. Sure. So He's I went Dave. With, he is Dave, He's actually. Dave. He is Dave. You grew up in that world. Uh, yeah, I, but, I know him as Dave. But I, but I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be David. I wanted to stay with Todd. So there it is. D. Todd Deacon. Now for the show, I've only gone with Todd Deacon because I feel like the D. Todd Deacon is a wiser, random initial. Uh, and, and everybody that deals with me in my life knows me as Todd. Yeah. My yeah. my wife is now frustrated by this reality since nine eleven. Because really? anything official, I have to be David Deacon. Right. And she is always of the mind of David yeah. Deacon is my father-in-law, not my husband. But I have to be. She's even talked about I should go get the official name change and swap the two so it's Todd David. Anyway, there's the long answer to That's that funny. short question. Well, we could change the podcast, you know, still the same people, but use my middle name and your first name. So it's the David Just, and Daniel show. There you go. Same wow. guys. All right. Totally yes. different vibe. Yes, completely <laughs> different. Which leads us to the other question. Maybe this is the, the alternate, alternate uh, reality version for Jeff asking if we ever swear. Maybe David and Daniel swear constantly. <laughs> Maybe all those guys do is swear. Uh, Jeff, I would love nothing more than to go on a really serious swearing tirade right here to prove the point. The, the truth is, yes, we do. But hey, we're humans. You brought out the and and, and we and we can throw down. Sure, we can. Sure. We we can and do. But here's the thing: we're trying really hard to keep a, an accessible brand, and and that really carries over when our brand goes elsewhere. We were on Matt Ferris' podcast. You're asking about that. We are on Matt Ferris' podcast, and we're still not really swearing. People have asked, we live in Utah. We don't swear much. Are we Mormons? We have plenty of Mormon friends. We are not Mormons. Yes, yes, we're not. We do swear. But at the same time, we try to be very clear about the fact that this is our brand, and we're just careful with it. If you'd like to hear us swear, by the way, Jeff, watch Pilgrimage. <laughs> because the Pilgrimage film, the Pilgrimage film, has swearing for humor and swearing for just, I'm scared to death. Okay, it has both of those things because that was the most documentary uh, kind of unleashed, uncontrolled film we've ever done because the whole point of the pilgrimage film when we made it in 2015 was just complete capture of the moment. What is the visceral experience we're having right now? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. sometimes what comes out of our mouth is not very family friendly. So if you're if you're really convinced, you really want to see it happen, the pilgrimage film will get it done. We're just trying to be careful so that we're accessible for all of you listening right now with your kids. Hi, kids. That's what that's for. I, I will add to that and say it's nice to be counted on. And we've had many emails from that's those fair. of you that's who fair. have kids in the car and have written to us and say, "Guys, thanks. I can count on you." Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it feels good to be counted on and and have that standard and. Like I said, we're human beings. And Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, I'll give examples. Two, Mike Rowe and Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Jerry has created a comedic genius level of, of comedy mm -hmm. without swearing. 
thereby yeah. proving that you don't need to be crass, you don't need to be, you know, way down in the weeds and yeah. swearing and all that kind of stuff, which a lot of comedians do. And it's funny for a while, and then it's like, okay, can and we some- just... And some can make that hysterical, but he has built a brand that is without that. It's a good point. I mean, do you think he swears when he smashes his thumb with a hammer? Or probably. Is, probably. Yeah. He's a human being. I'm sure it comes out every once in a while. Same with Mike Rowe. But, you know, it's it's mm. that mm. standard and a That's persona. Good. And, you yeah. know, like I said, you know they're people, but, you know, you can count on them is, is the point. And so that's yeah. that's, that's where good. we're at. That's and, um, yeah, not that we don't, but anyway. Wow, uh, some thoughts on the M2 competition from Bry Grove and Lamar Wilson ninety six thirty eight on Instagram. Lamar's asking me, "Will I try again for the M2 competition this time?" And yes, it was leaked last Sunday. I'm rather smitten by this car. I continue thinking Shocking. about them. I do shop for them, but this deck that is now screwed to the back of my house has yes. taken that down payment right out. <laughs> my running joke is, yeah. you have a Porsche and a porch. Instead of I'm, a Porsche and I'm, an M2, uh, yes. Still kind of recovering from that one and, mm-hmm. and kind of hunkering it's, down. It's a and, gorgeous deck. I'll give you credit on a gorgeous deck, well, but the gorgeous deck had a large price tag. It did. That and was it's, okay. It's there good. Is no it's M2. nice. It's all treks and steel. It's no wood, so it's not going to rot, and I'm very proud of it. And yeah. Looks great. You know, no but maintenance. Still, you don't have yeah. to paint it or anything, but yeah, it really uh, <laughs> kind of took me out on the car front. So I'm still dreaming and saving my money, and, yeah. and uh, you'll be the first to know as soon as the review drops, I'll be dancing around like crazy. I love it. If it happens. It. Uh, Ellie Miller 64 on Instagram said, is the Mazda Speed 3 a good first manual? Ah, yeah. I like this question. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no for a couple of reasons. Uh, first off, there's the world of uh, a wonderful world of torque steer in that car. So once you figure out enough power to not, uh, not stall the car, you will promptly go right <laughs> until you until you figure out how to recover. So there's that problem. Also, it it has a fairly aggressive clutch. Yeah, and, yeah I do recall and I, that. What I think you, what I think you need is something like a GTI, hmm. because they are nice, accessible manual transmissions. Another great one actually is the Honda Civics of the world. The Honda the Honda transmissions are very easy. The clutches are light. The engagement point can be learned very easily. This clutch is family friendly. Seriously, seriously. Is. So I, I think I think that's the better world. I I'm trying to remember comparatively. You know what the Mazda the Mazda three the current Mazda three is decent as well, but I think you can't go wrong with uh, the GTI or the or the Civic as good first manual cars. I would even say you could go Civic Si, and it's not going to be as aggressive as that Mazda Speed three. The Mazda Speed three is very fun, but you're going to have an v- even steeper learning curve with that as a first manual. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree to that. There's a question over here from Dale, our fellow race car driver and mm-hmm. uh, race instigator. Yeah. Lemons instigator. Uh, I'm going to bite because he asks us, which two manufacturers would you like to see another development collaboration? Mm, interesting. You know, like the Toyota BMW thing yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up shortly. So name the brands and type of vehicle. Even mm. better if we d- designate specific briefs for the brand involved. Okay. And he gives this example of Chevy and Renault for the hot hatch. And I do like that, but I'm not going to suggest Renault. I'm going to suggest... Uh, some sort of high-strung turbocharged Japanese engine okay. for reliability. Okay. But, Dale, I love your suggestion here because Chevy does not have the fun, small, inexpensive, aspirational car like the GT86 or a Focus ST or a mm-hmm. GTI or something like that mm-hmm. that enthusiast drivers would gravitate to. They they rely completely on the Camaro at the bottom end of the market. Yeah. For that. Yeah. 
speaking of which, the Camaro now has been refreshed, and I want to talk about that briefly. We'll come there in a second, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it offers a, a two-liter turbocharged engine with 275 horsepower, but it's still the big Camaro. Yeah. Even though the 6th Gen is smaller, they still don't have this car mm-hmm. that we're asking for, and so therefore... I guess uh, Mazda, Honda, somebody like I that. I was going to say Mazda. Were you? Mazda, Chevy. That could be if interesting. If Mazda, Chevy made something, I'm going to go go this way, made something RX-8 sized. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, But but because it's a Mazda, Chevy collaboration, it's not exactly stepping on the market of the Miata. And it's also smaller right. and cheaper, ideally, than the Camaro. Could slot right in there. And I think theoretically benefit both brands and harm neither. I mean, Mazda and Ford used to have a factory build sharing. Yes, yes they and did. And some component sharing. Engines and stuff, yes. You know, they've they've partnered up with mm-hmm. American companies before. Mm-hmm. They're not averse or no. don't have the history no, of no. doing that. And I think it could be successful, but Mazda could bring some real spirit to GM small cars. I agree. I because totally nobody agree. wants a cruise. If you have a cruise... It's probably an excellent car, but it's not the enthusiast car that we're looking for. Yeah, well, if you have a cruise, you could you can also trade that out for a Volt. Yeah, I mean they're the same kind, they're the same basic chassis. I still maintain that the supercar performance car from Chevy should be the Jolt. <laughs> Jolt Cola, all the sugar and twice the caffeine of leading brand. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh my gosh, uh, what else on here? Uh, let's see, uh, Scandy Flick. I, I've kind of answered this before. I want to touch on it again. You saying you're saying on Instagram you love the Alpha Four C in the looks department. How does it compare to the Lotus Ex- Elise Exige? Uh, you said most journalists don't like it. We actually are kind of in that camp a little bit for for driving. But let me clarify. We've talked about it before. We talked about it on Midgets and Mountains. We talked about it after our, our pilgrimage film. I don't want to belabor this too much. But here's the bottom line. I really like the Four C for eighty percent driving and below. Hmm, yeah. It is not a good car at the extremes. No. Conversely, the Lotus is almost the opposite. The Lotus at 50% is still fun, but you're aware of all the things you're sacrificing for that fun. <laughs> you get it up to the upper level, and it's yeah. so brilliant at the edges where none of the other comfort stuff matters that, that it's just a car that's brilliant. Okay, The 4C is the Elise that I would commute in in a normal town. Sure. It's the Elise I would buy for Los Angeles. Sure, but you wouldn't it's, track it. It's the Exactly. It's the Elise I would buy to drive daily in nor, for, with normal people in the car, okay? But I would never want to get to the edges. If you're going to cruise in it, if you're going to drive even 80% in it, if you're, I, I would say get the Spider mm. and drive it for fun, and you will love that car. But it's not good at the extremes. Mm. Well, back to this Camaro issue here that many of you have talked about. Drew M., thank you for writing in. And uh, we've also got a question, a design question, which is interesting, from uh, the Transformer movies. So I, 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 um, I'm interested in in talking a little bit about this. Uh, I'm trying to remember who asked that question. I'll get there in just a minute. But I do want to talk about this Camaro. Like I said, 275 horsepower turbo 1LE joins this new lineup of mm-hmm. the Camaro that seemingly gets refreshed because it's Tuesday. We Does, came up with a new style because why did you need to? But well, but here's the thing: refreshed regularly, but not revolutionized. Certainly it keeps not being tweaked. Even this latest gen Camaro, pri- compared to the next, the, the prior gen Camaro, it's all just tweaks. It's nips and tucks and that kind of thing. Overall, I know this current one is smaller than the older one, but they're doing the same thing to the Mustang right now. I'd like to see both of those cars just like white page. Let's make it amazing and different. I know that's controversial. I know people end up hating when they do that. But this Camaro is, they keep just kind of, well, let's tweak that. 
It's change for change sake. Yes, it was Dammit Patton asking me as a designer uh, on, you know, getting my opinion on GM using the same design for Bumblebee from the past few Transformers movies as the basis for the 2019 Camaro SS. Now, there's visual cues and styling refresh mm-hmm. for each variant of the Camaro now. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, this new 2-liter turbocharged engine it comes with the six-speed manual gearbox and the chassis package from the V6 1LE package. Yeah. So we're really starting to dice things up finally. Maybe they're looking at the Porsche catalog of how to do it too much. But I, I, uh, I look at this as cosmetic changes, and we're just still we're unsure. We, we got to get sales. We got to get sales numbers up. Mm. And that's what's driving. That's mm. honestly what's behind this. Because I like the Camaro. It's great. It's great looking. It didn't need this refresh, in my opinion. Does it look fine? Yeah, I'll I'll take it. It looks still looks okay. Yes, I think they need to decide on a direction, but to keep revising the same platform underneath now strikes me as busy work for the designers because the <laughs> marketing department is freaked out about low sales of the Camaro that should be okay. high because it's the new sixth generation Camaro and it's we gotta show sales numbers. We gotta justify this car and the existence mm-hmm. of it. Separate more from the Corvette and that'll make it easier, guys. Yeah. If you're listening. Yeah. Hopefully that mid-engine Corvette will help us solve that, but yeah. But then, yeah, you've got such great platforms and engineering mm-hmm. teams. There are real car people are great. at GM. Yes. They know yes. how to build a car. Where are your small, fun cars that are you know, democratized for the rest of us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a big Camaro. We've got a park on city streets. We've got small garages. We've got... You know, all kinds of stuff. And I'm not talking about a world car that's a four-speed manual transmission <laughs> with a four-cylinder diesel that's sold on the every new continent. GM hatchy hatch. Don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know, something that really brings the enthusiasm back for the GM sure, brand sure. that relates to the, the thinking and fun of the Camaro that you're trying to sell but clearly not able to because you keep refreshing the car. It's desperation refresh is what it okay. smacks. I'm of. surprised by how much it reminds me of the new Accord. <laughs> <laughs> the Lone which, Ranger theme song which is you, now which you don't like at all. I, I actually, you know what? One thing about this I do like, and I do like different front ends for different levels of the car. I like that. I appreciate I that. I think that's cool yeah. because there is that thing where you bought the base model and you made it look like the upper model, and I'm just sitting here going, what is it, plastic surgery? I like oh. the fact that you can delineate. I think that's kind of cool. It is. But at the same time, the the one that now has the black, uh, let's be honest, it's a black crash structure bar across the front, across the front for the SS, is uh, it looks a lot like that new Honda, which I don't know needed to inspire anyone. I mean, here, I, I, and I will, and I will <laughs> inspired admit. Inspired by the Accord. Wait. And, and, I, and I will admit, you and I kind of disagree on that because I think that Accord overall is good looking, and I feel like even the front end of that is growing on me. So I don't really? hate this. I don't hate this. I know that's a weird way to back into a compliment. <laughs> here but i don't hate this front end on the ss but at the same time i feel like it's so reminiscent of what they did to the accord which is so polarizing that it feels like the wrong direction for that reason it's just change for the sake of change there's multiple design directions in the studio that they could have chosen they chose one and built that and then now it's sort of like all right let's change it Hmm. let's differentiate Hmm. it where were those other designs guys can we pull that out from a year ago and uh, let's see your sketches again yeah we've got other designs that'll work perfectly fine too and that's what we're seeing now it works perfectly fine. Did it need it? Not really. The car is perfectly good, but if mm. sales numbers are down, then the marketing people and the team now has something to talk about. Yeah. And yeah. they can go sell us based on the new whatever. We know it's not new. You're not fooling us. <laughs> we don't need to be fooled. We know it's a great car. We like it. The Camaro's awesome. Great. Yeah. 
But I hear where you're going. But yeah, you I don't need that. to be fooled and, you know, anyway. Funny. Matthew Hickey wrote in on uh, Facebook and said, if we only had $2,000 to spend on a beater track car, what would we buy? He's not including consumables, and I'm going to take MX-5 off the table. I, I think we should. That's too easy. Because it's, it's out there. That's too easy. I'm going to say, if we're not including consumables, I'm just going to read into that, meaning we're also not including maintenance. Which means everything's on the and table. And I'm going to go 944 Porsche. Oh, good. Because I think you can find them for that, but I, I shudder to think what they will need to stay track worthy. Yeah. But it's the, it, but it's in that it's in that Miata world without being the Miata, which again, we we, we like, actually like the MX-5 quite a bit. But it's just it's a really great chassis, fun to throw around, and it is especially at $2,000, a disposable yeah. Porsche. Disposableporsche.com. There you go. What's on that website? That's a public service Full right of there. 944s. Yeah, seriously. a home. That's pretty good. I'm just wondering, because any of the ones that I want, like came in or Boxster, would have to be salvage title or flood damaged or spent time in a pool. They're, they're probably going to have to be burned to the ground in order to be too grand. <laughs> I mean, there's, much of those cars are come down. They're not that cheap. Does the budget include rebuild for the entire chassis? Um, maybe, maybe Mustang parts for me. Maybe you could just do something really inexpensive with a Mustang because there's so many good parts you could throw sure, at it. Of course. Of course. I could see that and, and make it really lightweight and just bare minimum. You could make something pretty cool out of that. Mm, mm. I think, you know, even a, you know, body panels from a sixties Mustang, you know, a, a remanufactured, sure, whatever. Sure. Something inexpensive. Wow. Uh, what else on here? Do you see, oh, go on. What is it? Jay Doherty, 787 asks us, how come electric cars have gas pedals? Can't they just use a touch-sensitive button or something? They could. Yes, they could. But think about the transition mm-hmm. and sales from mm-hmm. the car you drive now to an electric car. Hopefully, it's not an electric car. It's all about the modulation of the throttle. And you don't have to call it a gas pedal. It's the throttle. It's the mm-hmm. accelerator. It's The accelerator, yeah. yeah definitely. It, it modulates the speed of the car, mm-hmm. and everybody mm-hmm. is trained, with the exception of future drivers. But everybody, the way you drive... That's how you modulate the speed of the car. Absolutely. That's how you yeah. think. That's how every yep. car works. Yep. So if electric cars in general had something totally different, a different system mm-hmm. that you had to kind of relearn, it's like that bicycle that, that uh, a few guys have built, but it's a geared gooseneck. It's a geared hub right at the front. So mm. when you turn left, the wheel goes right. And then mm. when you turn right, the wheel goes left. It's just a simple gear. Yeah. But yeah. It, they have to retrain their brains to be able to balance on this bicycle. And so much so, they can, and now they can't ride a regular bike. Hmm. So what if that happened, if electric cars were a totally different way yeah. of yeah, yeah. using yeah, the yeah. power and consuming the power out of it, and then you got back in a, in a gas-powered car and you couldn't drive it? It's, well, you're also speaking to the other side of it, and that is it's, it's about uh, general public acceptance. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put mm-hmm. in a barrier to entry. Right. The barrier right. entry is how do I how do I drive this car and how do I do it safely and do I have to take a new driver's test and do I have to practice? No, you just get in it. It works the same as a car you've been driving. It just does things a little bit different. Muscle memory. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. I mean, think about in the early if you want to really drive yourself insane, look at the first 20 years of cars from yeah. the late 1800s oh. when they first existed to the Model T. Even through the Model T. Every car works a little bit different. Imagine that now. Okay? I mean, I'll give you a great example. The wipers and the ignition on my wife's Cayenne are in opposite places from every other car we own. 
Yeah, and that's just a Porsche thing. So as a result, my wife gets into one of my cars and tries to stick the key on the left side of the wheel. That's hilarious. And I get into her Cayenne and try to stick it on the right. And that's just the ignition. Okay, <laughs> what if all the pedals were different? What if now it's not a pedal? There's a real problem of, of just muscle memory like you're talking about. We're used to it working one way. It has to do that so that there's no barrier for entry so people can be like, oh, I kind of get this. <laughs> Just wait until you drive a you know a, a Packard or a Duesenberg or a Bentley. Brace from, yourself, yeah. You know the twenties, yeah, and you yeah. have to adjust the timing and retard the spark on with the levers <laughs> on, the, on wheel. the steering yeah, yeah, wheel yeah. as you're driving, and lean out the mixture as you're wow. driving. All wow. that stuff's computerized now, but it yeah. still existed then. You still have to do it yourself. Yeah, very very different approach. Uh, Oliver Hinton, this is the last question I've got here, but Oliver Hinton wrote in: best four door sports sedan, no Chevy SS or BMW. Very good question. I'll give you two. Okay. They're excellent. They're excellent. The Kia Stinger is excellent. Yeah. yeah. But the Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio is the king for me. It's just such a such a good it's car. I don't know that it's yeah. going to sell well. I don't I actually I'm concerned about the Stinger for the same reason the SS didn't sell well, but they both deserve a serious look. I like JME B-Man's question on Instagram about the three dream cars we each chose from the very first podcast. Oh wow. What were they? Have they changed since? To be honest, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and re-listen, but I will say we're giving ourselves permission to do so because new cars keep coming out mm -hmm. and older True. cars keep True. dropping in, in value or price. Yeah. Maybe maybe not the ones that we want yeah. necessarily, but I will give ourselves permission to go back and re-listen. Now, now I've got to re-listen and figure out, figure out what that list is. Yeah. That might be fun to revisit. I, that could be very cool. And yeah, then, like you know, it. what's changed over the years, mm -hmm. which have been many. And I think we were dealing in a $100,000 garage of memory serves. I think we had a $100,000 garage version and maybe like a Go Nuts version. We should redo that. that I think we should. That would be very fun. I like it. That brings it up. Well, guys, thank you so much for all your questions, and uh, we really appreciate all your support. Like I said, please tell people about the podcast. We are in growth mode. So help us out rating and reviewing on iTunes. But if you've already done that, you can find us on IMDb and rate the show there and also on Amazon. So when you find our show on Amazon, you can log in, you can rate our show right there. We'd love to hear from you. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Technology Truths brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it.
An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.